The unending potential of mechanical possibilities, creaks and groans of old metal being resurrected, the unrivaled sense of self-accomplishment when a motor finally rattles to life, jubilation and fear of the first test drive, and the ever-looming despair of a dream unrealized. These are the stories that make us who we are. Welcome to the Project Here's Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Project Tears podcast. This is the official start of season two, and I have come to a very special location with a very special man to talk about season two. Um, I'm Kevin, your host as usual, and with me today I have my good friend Dusty, who I've known since, I don't know, high school? At least. Probably junior high. Was it junior Actually, high? Actually, it was, because we had Miss Hoskins math class together, <laughs> and that was definitely a South Junior High. That was South Junior High. That's... Yeah, that was a terrible class. In fact, I remember Miss Hoskins <laughs> kicking you out of class one day, and you, you were literally there? did nothing. <laughs> I need I have all my family and friends to listen to this episode because I have told that story to my family, and they're like, "You had to do something," and I'm like, "No, I just sat there." Kevin, literally, I mean, I remember you literally were just sitting there. I think she was mad at you because you were doing. It's because I was doing nothing. That's exactly what it was. She was trying to get me to do something, and I was like, "No." But I, uh, and then all if, the girls in the class got mad at me. If I remember correctly, you were trying. She was basically trying to get a rise out of you, which didn't happen. No. And then she, and then finally, she just excused you from class. I'm so glad that you were there. <laughs> Somebody had to be there. Uh... <laughs> anyway, so going back, we've known each other for a long time, obviously, right? Since junior high. The first car I remember you having is the one in the driveway. Yeah. The Camino. Is that yeah. your first car? That was. So speaking of junior high, I got that in junior Did high. Did you get that in junior high? Ninth grade year. Um, my best friend at the time, my best friend Chance, he had just got a sweet 72 Chevy and him and his dad were restoring it. And it was way cool. And it was bright yellow and there were pink ghost flames on it. And they put a 383 stroker in it and I was so jealous. And so then I, my dad sells cars for a living. So, you know, they get trade-ins on stuff all the time. So I knew I was going to get something super cool. And so I told my dad, hey, like, keep your eye out. I want something cool, like a truck or whatever. I'll get a job. I'll pay for it. You know, like, keep your eye out. Well, I remember clearly, like, one night I was eating dinner. And my dad comes home from work and he says, hey, come look. I got something cool for you in the garage. And I was so excited because I knew it was going to be a sweet truck. And I go out into the garage, and it was this nasty El Camino with a shell. It had a camper shell on it, and I was so mad. I was like, what? I've never heard of the beginnings of the Camino. So I don't even good. want this thing. Like, what the? Why would you buy this? And he was like, well, I got it for 500 bucks. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. You know, this was like the last thing I wanted. I wanted a lifted pickup truck or whatever. And so, but, you know... You know as well as I do that being a poor kid yeah. hanging out with rich kids, yeah. you gotta do what you can do <laughs> yeah. to you know hang in there. So, um, so I decided to embrace the Camino. We sold the shell. Get this: we sold the shell on eBay twice, <laughs> and still took it to the junkyard <laughs> because <laughs> it was local it. pickup and nobody came and picked it up. So we we sold it two times, which actually almost paid for the car. So you kept you kept the money then. People pay for it. Yeah. And they never came and got it. I mean, that's I'm not sorry. I'm not judging you. No, it's cool. That is what <laughs> happened. Just, so they never like canceled the sale well, and asked so, for their money back. So we sold it the first time. 
That's exactly right. They never requested their money. Because you can cancel it. I mean, you can do it on eBay, right? They yeah. just never did it. Yeah. we. It was, like, boxed up in our backyard for, like, six months. And it was, like, raining and, like, the cardboard turned into, like, mush. <laughs> and it was just, like, this mess of cardboard and shell behind my dad's house. So we, like, had to rebox it. So we reboxed it. I don't even know where you get a box like that. but it, <laughs> Your dad has magic. Yeah. Just, yeah. It's, it's a Corey Ballard thing. Yeah. So um, we reboxed it, put it on eBay again, sold it. The guy never came and got it. <laughs> like six months. We had this thing in the backyard for a year in a cardboard box, just like turning into mush. And then finally my dad was like, well, it's going to the, to the junkyard. And we loaded it up and we took it to the junkyard and we never heard from him. <laughs> So you made enough money to pay for the car. Yeah, and my dad bought the car, so he kept the money. Yeah. I didn't get anything out of it. Right. But, so, um, so I decided to embrace the Camino, and it was like a smoker. Like, it was rough inside, you know? So I replaced all the carpet, and, you know, just started doing work on it, and then eventually I got it painted, and then um, I lowered it, and shaved the door handles on it, and just, you know, like... So I think one of the first time i remember it was the color it is now when you got it painted was it was it originally that color it was that, yeah you I, just redid things yeah i painted it the exact same way it was painted before so i don't know if i saw it before it got painted or not i don't i don't have early remembrances of the el camino but it, so i was always the question i was meant to ask you is did, was the el camino wanted and the answer to that is a resounding not initially no. <laughs> not initially it was but, thrown in your lap and yeah but over time you know i grew to love it well, that's good, because not many people love Camino. And I still have it. I know. And, hey, listen, I get it. <laughs> and of all the years See, of Camino, it's not the best year. <laughs> but it is, but to me, it's cool. That's good. See, that that's what a project's all about, though. Get it for cheap. And, okay, so was that like, your family's always had cool cars, as far as I'm aware, or cars, right? Was that the first car, like, that you learned to work on and you learned to do stuff on? Or you helped more or less with other stuff that your dad had or whatever yeah so um as far as like like cars yeah that was the first car that i ever really like worked on um but you know we grew up riding dirt bikes and so and it was like a requirement it literally was the religion in my family yeah. on sunday we worked on dirt bikes that was it yeah that was church like you had to go and so <laughs> me and my dad and my brothers every sunday and still pretty regularly you know, like we work on dirt bikes on Sunday. That's the thing. And so I guess that's kind of where I learned like about, um, basic like, mechanics and yeah. And then when I was a go. kid, you know, I rode bicycles and was always right. tinkering on bikes and stuff like that. So, you know, I learned from all that, but I would say overall motorcycles in general, you know, I've like motorcycles have been in my life since I was born. Right. And we're always wrenching on them, you know, and that, that's where most of my skills would have come from. Nice. So, yeah, that's, I mean, that's I think I think that's one of the my favorite things. I think I've brought this up before on the podcast of like having that car that's not really worth a lot, right? That to me it's I don't know. Having a car that's not worth a lot that you can work on and like you still want it to be nice, but like if you screw it up, if there's a wrinkle in the carpet, if you mess something up on the seat, like it's not the end of the day, right? That's like totally that's the way to learn is on a car that 
doesn't really matter. Maybe at the time you're not a big fan. Of sure. It. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> like, whatever. And I'm make let it me best tell you, I, I have a soft spot in my heart for rat rods for that exact reason. Right. You know, a rat rod, it doesn't even matter. You can do anything. Like it doesn't matter. Punch a hole through the roof. It just makes it cooler. Right. You know? And but that's that's a thing that my dad, because my dad is like a diehard like factory. He wants it factory. He's an old school guy, like yep. like most of our dads. It's got to be like, like to the T. Yeah. And um, and you know probably if he had his way, like all of his stuff would be like trailer queens. Yeah. But dude, for me, it's about driving it and enjoying it and not really caring much. Right. You know? That's that's why I preach Gambler Five Hundred <laughs> to everybody, which is my my addiction of like. I can do anything I want to this vehicle and like it doesn't get any worse. Like oh, yeah. you can't ruin <laughs> yeah. a gambler car, right? Yeah, yeah. And so like my obsession with the gambler I think comes from that cuz when I worked on the probe for the first time and like every time I worked on it I was like, sure, let's try it. Like yeah. why the crap not? Like I need somewhere to put put my tire, you know, and I don't want it bouncing around on the inside. Like I'm going to drill some just like regular old tie downs to the roof. And strap the tire to it. Like, I don't care, you know? Yeah. And, like, Joe had the idea of, like, making wide body fenders out of junkyard fender flares. And I was like, sure. Like, let's hack it to crap and weld some new fenders on it and see what happens. Like, that's... So, anyway, I, I totally get that mentality of, like... Totally. And, you know, I, even though I tried to, like... You know, I really wanted the Camino to, like, turn out nice. Because it, right. was, it was my it daily has. driver. Yeah. But I um, also, like, I love that that thing of like i i would say the way that i learned most of my mechanics was just like jumping in and, and doing it you know yeah. like nobody nobody taught me anything and then of course now i watch a lot of youtube when i want to you know look up something that i'm kind of unfamiliar with but even so you know i might just have an idea of like well this would be cool and then i'll get on youtube and see something similar but i don't necessarily do exactly that you know right i just kind of take it and run with it. it and you know i think that's my big thing is like you know, I've, I've never been afraid to just give something a try and see what happens, you know. And if you're resourceful enough, you can do it for pretty cheap and, you know, learn a lot and have fun doing it. And hopefully at the end, have something cool. Yeah. And sometimes. <laughs> Your Camino has grown on me a lot, too, because when I first saw it, I was like, I hate, I've hated Caminos. Oh, like, yeah. Always, right? Yeah. And like you're saying, that even I don't know what I hate more. The 80s body style or the 70s? I don't like the big Bodhi ones. Like, yeah. Yours has grown on me like, you know what? That's actually better than the old and big Bodhi ones. <laughs> They're just... I, but I've grown respect for them, right? And, like, I've learned through, like, the crap that I have. I have weird stuff. Like, I don't have your typical stuff, right? And even when I look at buying new stuff, I look at weird stuff. And I have to question myself, like, why do I have such weird taste in things? I don't know, but I want them, Right. And so, like, dude, the weirder the better, man. Yeah. That's how I am too. So the Camino, let's go through full quick, like where you painted it. You said you shared the door handles. Is it? You said you put a new motor in it at one point, didn't you? Yeah. So, um, like a year ago, um, I was driving it in the middle of winter, and I think I'm. I don't know for sure. But I think I must not have had like a good ratio of antifreeze in it. And I think it, I think the block froze because all of a sudden it started burning coolant and then it like totally just like ruined the motor instantly. Really? But that was cool because it was the factory motor from 85 and it was a 305 V8, which I was, which was fine, but yeah. I was never a big fan of it. And then also the tranny started giving me trouble. And so I was like, well, I need to do something with the tranny anyways. 
And this was like the perfect excuse to like upgrade. And so we ended up purchasing a 383 stroker out of a, like a dude was building like a rock crawler mm-hmm. and he, this dude like didn't have a pot to piss in. I can't believe he like <laughs> was able to make this motor, but he did. And then it was in this old crappy truck and he was like, dude, I don't have any money to do anything more. I just need to get rid of this thing. So me and my brother, like scariest thing I've ever done, loaded this truck up on this trailer that was way too small for it. You bought the whole truck? No. Oh. We just bought the motor, but we he wanted the truck back, which is goofy. <laughs> so we like loaded up the truck in Salt Lake, drove it all the way to Ogden to Tony DeVino, where my brother works, put it on a lift, pulled the motor out of it, and then dropped it back on the on the trailer and drove it all the way back to Salt Lake. <laughs> It wouldn't even, like, fit on the trailer. We hooked it up to a winch and just, like, flattened the tires and just yanked it in on the trailer. Dude, it was so bad. And the trailer was, like, I thought it was going to tip over on the freeway. It was so scary. But um, I don't know if I should say that on the podcast. Should I? <laughs> you might have to edit that part out. You have a lot of sketchy things in your life that I'm not going to – I'm not willing to edit them totally, all out. Totally. <laughs> it's what keeps me going. But – um. But yeah, so then we, we pulled the motor and then my brother threw it in the Camino and we're still like, so then a lot of stuff happened in my life and we had to put it on the project on pause for a minute Yeah, and it has been in, but, um, so we're working on just getting it buttoned up now Nice. and then we're going to, um, you know, like this will be the, the maiden year for the 383 in the Camino. So I'm super excited. You're going to need to go in this year officially, huh? Yeah. I say I've said that about the Scout for at least seven years. Yeah, I mean, I've had those projects. I just gave one of them away. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that one. So let's, okay, so that that's the history of the Camino and the thing that you had when I met you. Now, you've had many other cars through the years. Yeah. Let's run through a, a quick list of them. Well, so interestingly enough, I'm more of a bike guy you overall. Are. You overall. started out as a bike guy. So, So I've actually not owned that many cars overall compared to a lot of my friends. Because, That's you know, true. like, I, my what buddy, came after the Camino? So after the Camino, I got my Lexus. Yep. And that was more of a daily. Yeah. yeah. It was a daily, but it, man, that was like the best truck I've ever owned. That car had a hard life. <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like a utility truck, man. It went off road. Like there was no boundaries with it. It was sweet. The Lexus was great. And the Lexus, so it had a 3.5 liter in it, right? Yep. V6. And it 3. was. 3.0. 3.0. Oh, it was a 3.0. Straight six. I remember. Sam had the Cadillac with the 3.5, and he would smoke my Magnum with oh, the yeah. 3.5 no, all day long. Me and you were fairly even, though. Yeah. You had a little smaller motor, a little yeah, bit lighter it's car. It's a little uh, 3.0 2JZ um, straight six. Was it 2JZ in there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's a, cool, it's a cool car. It is a cool car. I actually want another one. Like, I sold it, and now mm-hmm. I'm Jones and again. I've seen one. some drift ones. That's lately. what I want to do. Like, the Salt City Drift, if you watch, if you look at their stuff at all, there's a few of them out there now and again. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I want to. Cool. That's exactly what I want to do with it. I want to like buy one and build her into a little little drifter. Interestingly enough, my entire life up until I bought my current truck, I've only owned two wheel drive, rear wheel drive vehicles <laughs> in Utah, where we get you know quite a bit of snow on a typical year. Yeah, that's until my wife wrecked the Magnum. I then I was got my truck from my father in law. It was the first time. Yeah, I think I ever had a not rear wheel drive car. Yeah, and I sold the Lexus and bought the Titan, which is what I drive now. Um, that was two years ago. So, and I'm 30, th- what am I, 34? 
So for 16 years, I drove only two-wheel drive, <laughs> rear-wheel drive vehicles my whole life. Okay, I remember this. The love. I'm pretty. Didn't the love and the Mustang come together? Yeah. Let's let's hear that story of the love and the Mustang. Yeah, so acquisition. That's, yeah, that's an interesting story. So, so one day I was driving to get coffee, and um, just like at random, I was like, you know what? Like it's a nice day. I'm gonna take the back road, and I I actually do this pretty regularly, so it's it's not that weird for me. But um, so I was taking this frontage road in Layton. Mm-hmm. And I had always wanted to build a bag truck anyways, you know, like that's always been on my list of things to do. And so um, I was driving up the road and there was this sweet little Chevy Love pickup, Stepside, which the Stepsides aren't as common. And typically yeah. I don't like Stepside trucks, but in the Chevy Love, it is just like the coolest looking truck. And so I was all about it. So I pulled over and the dude was asking two grand for it. It was a 79 and I was like, two grand? Like, I don't know, that seems, that seems pretty steep, but I really wanted it. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'm going to, I'm going to ask him about it. So I went and rapped on his door and he's like, well, Hey, here's the deal. It's not just the Chevy love. If you buy that, you also have to buy this Mustang that's in my backyard. And I was like, okay, but I was like, Mustang, you know, it's, yeah. it's going to have some value of some kind. So I was like, all right, I'm, I want to see it. Well, it actually wasn't a it was a Mustang, but it was a, it was like a Mercury. A Mercury Capri? It was. And it was like a, but it was called like a, it was a McLaren. Yeah. It was it's like weird. a special edition. Yeah. I remember that. It was this weird little, yeah. Anyway, go it ahead. It was a special edition car and, um, but it was nasty <laughs> and it didn't run and like, it didn't even have tires on it. Like it was rough, you know, yeah. I was like, oh my gosh. And it was covered in like three feet of like yard trimmings and scraps <laughs> And like logs that he had just like hucked over the top of it. Mind you, it's a convertible. I'll sell you this truck, but you have to clean my yard. Basically, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, and I'm paying him to do it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so it like the roof was completely ruined. The top was like ruined, you know. And then it actually had really cool like Recaro seats. I remember. Yeah, I and, remember like actually seeing it and thinking that's kind of a cool because I have weird taste in things, right? Yeah, and I yeah. hate '80s. Fox body Mustangs. When I saw that thing, I was like, it's weird enough that it's cool. It was. There was some cool things about it. And the seats were like completely ruined, but I guarantee they were like a pretty penny to replace. Yeah. Because they were actually freaking cool if they wouldn't have been totally ruined, you know? And so they had like speakers in the headrest of the seat. I don't, yeah. Which like back in those days was unheard of. Yeah. Like I don't even think they had stereos back then. (laughs) The 80s? Yeah. I don't know what it was, a record player. But um tracks. But anyways, so I was like, all right, so so mind you, at this time I lived at my parents' house, right? And I already had so much junk. And um so I'm like telling my dad about it and he's like, No, you're not buying it. And I was like, Yeah, but it's really, really cool. And he's like, I don't care. Which my dad is a car guy, you know, but yeah. he was not having it because <laughs> As you probably remember, our yard looked like a car dealership <laughs> at any given point, like any time. And our neighbors hated it. So so finally, I was like, hey, just come look at it with me, you know? And so we went and looked at it. And dude, just like me, the second my dad saw that little love, he was like, all right, that's pretty cool. Yeah, loves are special. So I was like, hey, you know, if I can sell this Mustang for enough, you know, I can like fund 
like I can get the love for free. Yeah. But the Mustang didn't run, and I had no idea I was wrong with it. But the dude was like, "Hey, it, I parked it here. Like it, it ran at some point." And I was like, "All right." So we went and got a car hauler and winched it up onto the car hauler and dragged it back to my parents' house. And so I started diagnosing it. And the first thing, of course, you check is to see if it has fuel. And um, it didn't. So I was like, okay, this, this might not be bad. Um, but of course, it took like a special fuel pump, you know, yeah. like a high pressure, some, some fuel pump that like, I just went over to Checkers and they had like ordered in. You yeah. Know? <laughs> so, so finally I got the fuel pump. It was like a hundred bucks. So now I'm in this thing, 2100 bucks. Slap the fuel pump in it. Dude, lo and behold, it starts. I like could not be- well I sat and cranked it for like I'm not kidding probably like 10 minutes straight just held the key on come it. on baby and it somehow it started I couldn't believe it so um I threw it on KSL for 2,000 bucks back then I was a rookie at KSL yeah you know I didn't know that you have to go like You've twice the price yeah, you want double it and then so I threw it on KSL for 2,000 bucks and of course some dude like hit me up he lived in he lived in like Iowa and he's like, Hey man, I'm a McLaren collector. And I was like, Oh my gosh, <laughs> I can only imagine what your shop looks like. Just all these old nasty cars <laughs> in premium condition everywhere. And so he's like, I want it. And I was like, all right, it's 2000 bucks. And he's like, nah, he's like, it's pretty, it's pretty rough. And I was like, yeah, but you know what these things are worth, man. You know, like, and he's like, I'll do a thousand bucks on it. And I was like, no way, I can't do it for a thousand. And um, so then I hit him back at like sixteen hundred bucks, and then he hit me at thirteen hundred. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna be in the love seven hundred bucks. I drove it to my house. It runs. It's a cool truck. I was like, whatever, I'll do it. So the dude is like, okay, uh, send me your America First account number, and I'll just wire you the money. And I was like, I don't know if that's even okay. <laughs> like, can I do that? And then he's like, and then I'll have somebody come pick it up i was like all right the ultimate fishy yeah it was way sketchy scam right? yeah he's like i live in iowa so yeah. i'll have a guy pick it, I'll up. Have a guy pick it up he's like i'll mail you a check for five grand you cash it <laughs> yeah. send me 4500 bucks back you know so i was like all right whatever so he transferred the money it went dude i was at america first when he transferred it just to be on the safe side i like instantly withdrew the money just because i don't know yeah and um but it was totally legit I got the money, and then, like, five days later, some freaking scary dude, like, raps on my fa- my parents' door, and just by chance, I was home, and he's like, hey, I'm here to get the McLaren, and I was like, oh, <laughs> dude, the guy is driving it back to Iowa. What? I'm like, I don't think it'll, I don't know if it'll run, like, from here to the stoplight. He's like, it's fine. He, dude, he gets in, it starts it up. I never heard from him again. I guess it made it. I have no idea. I got 1300 bucks in my pocket and a Chevy Love and the McLaren's out of my driveway. So I'm like, whatever. That was it. It worked out. Yeah, I've never heard the... I knew that you had it and I knew you saw it. And I'm like, that's cool. Like someone should do something cool with it. And then you sold it. And I was like, ah, crap, it's gone. But yeah. like, yeah, that's that's an amazing story. <laughs> it was even... It, I even kind of got there. Like, I was kind of like, it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool in its weird, unique way. But I was like, no, I can't. (laughs) I can't fall in love with this. (laughs) Because it's... Dude, that thing needed 
25 grand to become a ten thousand dollar car you yeah, know like yeah, yeah. that's yeah the it's ultimate, not like, it's not my scene it's a money pit right you sell it while you're a little bit ahead and just like <laughs> don't the more money you put into it the more money you lose it's, yeah yep yeah when you're trying to make money off of project cars it's never a good idea so but then you had the love right and I don't know if you knew this. The first vehicle I ever drove was a Chevy Love. For real? For real. My dad had an orange. It was late 70s. Looked like you're not step side, straight yeah, body. Yeah. I remember trying to, he was having me like drive it through the yard for some reason. And I was like, just rolling. And I was supposed to push the brake. And I like slammed on him and like hit the steering wheel. And I'm yeah. like, ah. And he's like, what are you doing? <laughs> was it automatic or a manual? I think it was, I don't know. I, I, was, I was really young when he yeah. had it. And then he got hit by a minivan or some crap and it stopped light and it was dead forever yeah that sounds about right <laughs> so i've always had a special spot in my heart for the loves oh yeah and so when you got that one and like you're saying that step side i'm not a fan of step sides either but like something about the step side on the love like it totally works and so so you went about the build with that one right got rid of the mustang yeah got the love gotta have a slam truck yep the so love was beautiful so i reached out to a buddy of mine and was like hey man you know, this dude's like a phenomenal welder. And so I was like, hey, you know, I want to build this into uh, into a slam truck. And he had done, you know, drop stuff before. You know, he was no stranger to it. In fact, he actually had a Chevy Love that he was doing at the time. Oh, yeah. He had, there was Jake. We had Jake on one of our podcasts. Okay, okay. About, I didn't know if I could say who samurai. was. But, no, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so Jake Winterton, just, um, dude, that guy, let me tell you, if you want to, like, talk about an artist with car stuff... That dude is incredible. Like, I don't even know how you get, like, to that level of just creativity and awesomeness. But yeah. he, he is talented. And um, and not even just in car stuff. Just everything that dude does. He's just, like, so good at it. It's, it's crazy. I, I'm envious of it. But he um, ended up doing the Chevy Love for me. And um, it turned out great. You know, he, he uh, totally built it into a slam truck. And told me everything that I needed to do on it. And um, it was great. And so then I got it all done. Um, like as far as the drop. Because that's a lot of work. Yeah. You know, that's like. Because that's you notch the frame frame and everything, right? Yeah. Like so it could go all the way down. Yep. Yep. And had to and cut the bed the links out and, and yeah, everything. Like, out. It was a pretty involved. And so Jake did all that for me. And then. Um, so then. Um, you know, I like was just tinkering like constantly tinkering the problem with the love was i had so many ideas and i just never knew quite like i could never like set settle on something yes. you know <laughs> first i was going to paint it bright green and like paint like little ghost clovers in it and then i was like that's kind of weird i don't know like i was way set on it for a minute and then i changed my mind and then um then later i was like i'm going to do it like a traditional hot rod like i'm going to paint it flat black and put white walls on it and do that sort of thing and so then i like started hand sewing houndstooth interior into it which was like way cool and um and then i like changed my mind on that and then um you know i was like trying to decide what i was going to do with the motor and blah 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 i just got myself like so wrapped up in like I, I just started doing like too much at once yeah and so then i got frustrated with it you know and i was like okay same thing like i have to put this aside for a minute and so i put that aside for a minute and then I did a bunch of crap on the Lexus for, for a while. Like that kind of became my little baby. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, the love, like it kind of started, like it eventually just got completely pushed to the back burner. And I, I really love the truck so much 
that it was like killing me that yeah. it wasn't getting done, you know? Yep. And like, what's the two things I don't have? Like everybody, time, time and money. money. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like not like none of it. Yeah. You know, I don't have either of those things ever. Yeah. And so, um, so I was like one day, this was like, dude, this was like such a defining day in my life. I just remember this so clearly. It was early in the morning and I was awake for whatever reason, cause that's not me. And, uh, I was like looking out my window and it was raining cats and dogs. It must've been a Saturday. And I just saw the poor little love like sitting out in my driveway. It was so sad. It was just getting <laughs> rained on like crazy. And I was like, that poor little truck, man, I love it so much. And it's not going like, I'm not getting anything done on it. And, but I don't want it to just rot away. Like so many cool cars do, right. you know? Like there's a billion old dudes out there who have a have a project that's going to be something someday, right? And we all know it isn't, yeah. you know. And eventually, yeah. it's a a pile like a a pile of dust out in a field. Yep. And I was like, no, I'm not. That's not going to be the love, you know. So I decided. Well, I was like, man, maybe I should sell it, you know, to like somebody who really wants to do something with it. But I really didn't want to get rid of it, you know? So I was like really torn up. And my wife was like, get rid of it, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it, you need to get rid of it. And I was like really busted up of what to do about it. And um, I was like, well, you know, if I, if I'm going to get rid of it, I want to sell it to like a friend or somebody that I know because then I can always get it back, you know? Yeah. And so I was um, like trying to think of who I could sell it to, you know? And I was like, damn, it needs so much work. Nobody is going to buy it, you know, like nobody even wants to buy it because all they're buying is a huge project, you know? And so I like really thought about like what to do with it. Well, I have a buddy, Travis, who really wants a bag truck. He's like talked about it forever. And me and him have always talked about the love. And he also has a lot of like love and respect for the love, you know? Yeah. And so, um, and he just wants to do a bag truck anyways. Like he's talked about doing like a 65 Chev bag truck like kind of what steve's doing right and um for a long time we've talked about that and uh, so i knew he really wanted one and so i was like well you know i like I, I i was trying to figure out like what's the right price to sell it to my friend you know yeah and knowing that someday i could buy it back and i just couldn't come up with the number you know and so ultimately i decided you know what i'm just gonna give it to him like i'm gonna give it to him for free I signed over the title to him. I gave him the truck and because I know I can always get it back someday and like I can always purchase it back from him and he's, he's, he's got like time on his hands to work right. on it. And he's built stuff like he, and can, he's no stranger he's to build stuff. Right. So those are my three things, time, money, and space, right? Yep. He has space. That's true. Which you and I are very limited on. Not just space, but covered space. Yes. Big garage. He's got a nice shop. Shop space. Yeah. And so I was like, you know what? That is the per like, I couldn't ask for a better person to take yeah. on that truck. That's very Because true. he wants it. He's excited about it. And he has like the, the resources to do it. And so I gave it to him and dude, he has just taken off with it. Has he? Yeah. He is doing cool stuff with it. Nice. Like, you know, I, I, I had the bag system like pretty much in place when I gave it to him because we towed it over to his house, you know, like I was really glad that it made it like without <laughs> losing a bag or something, but it was totally fine. But you know, he, he is really like taking it and is going and is like moving forward on it. And it's funny. He'll call me up and be like, Hey, I'm thinking about doing this to the love. Are you okay with that? 
And I'm like, hey, it's in your name, pal. You own it. Like, you don't have to call me and ask, man. You do whatever you want. That's awesome. And so it's cool, though, because he respects that, like, that, you know, he knows that it's like a special truck to me. And, right. And he's respectful of that. But it is his truck, you know, and he can do whatever he wants to it. That's awesome. And I totally respect that, too, you know. Maybe that's what we need to do is get a group of us. We'll buy a vehicle. One person starts with it. When they lose yeah. the enthusiasm, they just pass, pass it to the next person. Dude. They just pass it around. That's a killer idea. And eventually, idea. when it's all done, we'll just share it by the month or something. It really is a super <laughs> cool idea. It because really is. The Scout, like, the same thing, right? When I first got it, I was gung-ho. I ripped the body off the frame. I, you know, ground the frame down, sandblasted it, painted it all up. Did the same thing with the axles. Got new axles for it. Did the suspension. Like, I had that. The suspension and steering, like, knocked out in no time comparative to where it, yeah. what it is now right and like all gung-ho and then things got in the way and time ran short and it got hard and the same thing with like you and your ideas right like what do i want to do with it and and now it just is sat forever yeah. right but if like you could pass this somebody you trusted that had enthusiasm for it all over again that would go and like and finish what you started yeah, or even get just get you over that hump. Yeah. You know, just like get you over that little hump where you're excited again. When me and Joe started doing the whole Project Tears thing, it was basically that because he had a bunch of Project Cars sitting around. I had a bunch of Project Cars sitting yeah. around. It was like, <laughs> let's inspire each other to actually flip and do something. Yeah. And it worked for a while. Right. It, was, it, was, it was kind of like, it was the same thing, right? Like it worked for a while. And yeah. And then like we both kind of lost steam. And like there was this van, this Econo line that wouldn't go away. <laughs> like, yeah. That's what you like, have to Okay, in. we had to work on that again. Yeah, or yeah. then we both got a bad habit of acquiring cars and we yeah. acquired multiple cars rather That's than an easy habit to get into. <laughs> Trust me, I have fifteen scooters in behind my house right now. None of them run. Not one. <laughs> okay. So this is the progression that I've learned through this. You started with a we'll call it a muscle car, a V eight rear wheel drive muscle car. And then you went to a four-cylinder import, and then you went to a hardly running four-cylinder pickup, <laughs> <laughs> and then you now you've lost some more cylinders. So, yeah. So yeah. let's talk about how do you say it. So um, the scooter is there a pronunciation for this word? Yeah. So the scooter club is <laughs> is known as New Smoke. New Smoke. New Smoke. See, I've which is Newsmock. Yeah, that's fine. Either way, the, the message gets across, which stands for uh, Northern Utah Scoot and Moped Club. And um, the idea, so I need to backtrack just a little bit to kind of tell this story because this is quite this is quite a story. Um, so when I... I found, I'm starting to realize that everything other than the love in your life, I've hated at first. Yeah. And, I'm, and I've grown to love it. Yeah. Well, continue. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is no. a light bulb right no, now. Like, I, I hate your beginnings. It's actually <laughs> it's actually funny because last year when I actually got you to go on yes, a scoot ride with this me. This is a whole story. Which, is, which was pretty cool. And you were like really reluctant to do it. And funny enough, it ended up being kind of rough because we ran out of gas. Yeah. But, um, so to go back on this, you know, like I mentioned before, um, I was born to ride motorcycles. Like that was going to happen yeah there was no like i didn't have a choice in the matter in right. fact i remember being eight years old and my dad let me know that i'm gonna get on that dirt bike and i'm gonna ride it up this rugged trail and i did not have a choice and he was not gentle about it that was me and my brothers we lived that that was our childhood yeah. you know but you know we learned to ride bikes and now we love bikes right which is a, which is a, really ironic because 
when I turned probably 21, I bought a bullet bike, you know, it was my very first street bike. And I took it home. I lived at my parents' house still. And my dad was way mad about it. <laughs> and I was like, are you serious? You did this. Like, you made <laughs> you me this way. This. Yeah. You can't get mad. This is Frankenstein's monster, man. Like, you did this to me. But, um, and, man, as far as, like, as much as I love cars, and I do, I'm, like, tenfold on bikes and yeah. goofy stuff like that. So, um, so then I, so then I had that, and then I bought a little Honda Shadow Bobber, and I've had a lot of really cool bikes. Um, like, over my whole life, I've owned, like, pretty much one of everything except for a bagger. That's the only yeah. thing left on my list to get. <laughs> and, and, like, a trials bike. Yeah. Those are, like, the two things I still need to get, and I'm getting them. But, um... But one day, my buddy Chance pulls up to my house on this little Chinese scooter. <laughs> and I was is like... He, is this before or after the ATC horror that I still don't accept? So Before um, or after? I can't even quite place it on the timeline, if you want to know the truth. <laughs> There's, let me tell you, I've easily owned 50 motorcycles slash ATVs. Probably more yeah. in my life. I could not count them all. <laughs> I, I couldn't do it. But um, And I've owned equally as many scooters now <laughs> in, in my life. But he pulls up on this little green Chinese scooter. And I was like, dude, that is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Because, you know, I was like a diehard motorcycle right. guy, you know. Dude, we used to be so belligerent with oh, people yeah. on scooters. We, we were aggressive. In high school, We Stephen convinced me. That like we hated scooters. Like yeah. people would, yeah. we'd be riding our motorcycles. Right? He had a Harley. I had a Harley. You had your street bike, or maybe you ride the Shadow. And like scooter people would wave to us. Like the motorcycle people wave, and he would just flip them off. Oh yeah, just like straight out, full yeah. arm, like as aggressive as he possibly could. Yeah. And like me and him made designs that said motorcycle on scooter violence, and like, <laughs> like <laughs> scooter violence, and we like yeah. made a little like motorcycle with like a guy with a hold in the club chasing a scooter yeah, and like yeah. scooters were the worst thing totally and like just if you rode a scooter you were a piece of crap yeah like, no questions asked oh yeah you were a horrible person <laughs> yeah and I understood that and so when Chance showed up on the scooter he lost a lot he, like he dropped down a few pegs in my book there's no doubt and so um oh yeah dude I remember like flipping off scooters like in like <laughs> very belligerently right. in their face yeah. and just yelling I can't say what on this podcast um, at them like I was a, way aggressive just because they were on a scooter right. yeah and I know nothing about you but you said on a scooter so you suck like the end yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. that was pretty much it some dark times in our history <laughs> yeah. well it made us who we are so yeah. I don't know if that's a good thing but... <laughs> So anyways, um, he shows up on the scooter and I told him how stupid it was and he told me to get one and it's like, no, I listen, if I know anything about me, it's, I will never own a scooter. Like I'm never going to own a scooter. Right. I'm not getting a scooter. Don't talk to me about the scooter cause I'm not doing it, you know? And, um, but he was trying to tell me that it was cool and I, and I knew better. So, um, like three months later, just out of the blue he never even said anything to me about the scooter ever again but then like three months later like out of the blue he calls me up and he's like dude if you want a scooter i'm just throwing it out there i have one it runs it's in perfect shape i'll sell it to you for a 100 bucks and i was like i don't know 
Because, you know, you can jump it and stuff, you know, like yeah. 100 bucks. Yeah. Like, who cares? Yeah. You know, whatever. So I was like, all right, all right, I'll bite for 100 bucks. You know, I can't lose on it. Like, worst case scenario, I could flip it on KSL for more than 100 bucks. So um, I buy the scooter from him. And then, dude, all of a sudden, I'm riding it everywhere. Like, you know, I have to go over to Checkers and get some parts. I just hop on the scooter and zip it up. Like, it's so much quicker and easier. Oh, when you're on a scooter, there are no laws anymore. <laughs> like, nothing applies. You run the red light, you run the stoplight. You pass traffic, it doesn't matter. I'm on a 50cc scooter, I'm passing traffic. Like, in the same lane. Vehicles, like, lane splitting. It was ridiculous. And people were laughing. Dude, they thought of And that was, like, the best part, you know? Like, people are getting a rise out of it. Right. And so then I'm, like, more into it. And I still remember we took me and... So then I got my brothers to get some scooters. They were a little easier to convince than me. And then I remember we went up to Lava, Idaho. And we and we took the scooters. And um, we were, like, going up and down Main Street. And we had, like, three dudes on one little <laughs> tiny scooter. You know, like, honking at everybody yeah. and waving. And people were loving it. Well, then we started, like, racing. And we're, like, passing cars. Like, three, three of us on the scooter together. <laughs> And you know the only way we're passing them is because the speed limit is 25. Right. Because we're doing 30. And you've got to run down the hill and you're headed. It's the <laughs> slowest pass ever. Like, we're basically, like, just hanging with them on a one-lane road, like, right next to them. And everybody is loving it. They they thought it was hilarious. <laughs> so, then, so then we kind of started. That's, like, where the beginnings happened, you know. But I always had this dream of riding the scooters from Utah to Idaho. Like, from specifically from Ogden to Lava. And the reason why Lava, Idaho is a thing is because my buddy has a house up in Lava, Idaho. And so, you know, we, we hang out up there all the time. Yeah. So and it's a place to go, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. So that obviously became the destination. And so I, like, mapped out all the back roads and totally figured it out. And I was like, we're going to do this. You know, we're going to ride these scooters all the way. <laughs> and so um, so I tell, like, my brothers and my friends and everybody, and you know how it goes when you're, like, excited about something, but nobody really cares that much. <laughs> And you're like trying to get them excited about it. And they're yeah. like, eh. And like, you might get them excited for like one night. And then like the next day you're like, dude, are we doing this? And they're like, yeah. yeah huh? But you, they're like, well, my scooter doesn't run. But, you know, we should work on it like in three weekends from now. And then if it if we get it going, then yeah, we should talk about it. And like it never happens, you know. Yeah. And so I was like, dang, how do I get this thing to happen, you know. So I decided, well, I'm going to start a scooter club and like maybe I can get not only them but other people excited about doing these little rides and whatever and so um, that's like where the scooter club was born you know basically the, the whole plan was just to ride from here to Idaho was really the only plan <laughs> but so the way it worked was with the scooter club we started with like really short rides and then they just throughout the year got progressively longer and longer and longer and then the final ride was from Utah to Idaho and, but, um, interestingly enough, the, like a week before the ride, um, something happened and my buddy who owns the house wasn't able to go. And so the house was like not an option anymore. Right. And so I was like, crap. So we started looking up like camping and all this other stuff. But on that weekend, it happened to be like a really busy weekend up there. It was like a holiday weekend. And so there was like, everything was booked. And so I was like, well, we could go like just camp like on BLM land or, you know, I'm not really sure, but, um, like the whole thing fell apart. And so we, 
we never actually did the ride. Like the one ride that the whole thing was for, like the whole purpose of the club, the whole thing, um, like it never happened. So then, um, but we still did other rides and stuff. And I joined other scooter clubs in the area and started riding scooters with them. And I still do. And like, it just became this weird little thing, you know? And, but then I started flipping Chinese scooters. So I'd buy them not running. Cause you could get them for cheap. 50 bucks max. Yeah. Like I told you I have 15 scooters in my backyard. That's true. None of them run. And I got the whole lot for, for 200 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to sell them for three, 400 bucks a piece. Right. And usually it's a carb clean, you know, like, right. They've like, been sitting around all winter. Somebody didn't clean out the tank. Right. Usually they, sit, they sit for years. Right. Like people get sick of them. They sit. They always lose the keys. I've never purchased a scooter that had a title. Like, that's <laughs> never happened, you know? And, but, um, you know, like, two hours worth of work, yeah. and you can make 400 bucks on it, you know? It's slick. So that kind of became my little business. So now I pick up scooters all winter long, and then in the spring... Um, and it's February, so it's still considered winter in still Utah. Still buying time. Yeah, it's still purchasing. <laughs> it's starting to get into, like, selling time. But, you know, then spring, like, comes around and it gets warm outside. Yeah. And I get the bug to work on them. I get them all fixed and I, I sell them. So then, this year, I was, like, really committed. I wanted to buy, like, a legit scooter. Like a Vespa or a Genuine or something like that. And so, um... I actually ended up trading a guy, an AR-15, that was the worst gun I've ever owned in my life, for a genuine Stella. And so it's like, I don't know, it's been really cold lately and I've been riding it. No, I've seen you been working on it. It's been miserable, but I've loved it. Like, I just love it. And somehow, man, I just got gung-ho into the scooter scene. And so now I'm like, I'm not going to say I'm the scooter king of Utah, but, but let's face it. You're, I'm up there. You're like... The, I'm up there. You're like... The, not like... You're the scooter king in like... <laughs> how do you not be offensive? In the... <laughs> What's the not right Not nice scooters. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I am... Um, so... Let's just say I'm the Chinese scooter king. Let's say it. The Chinese scooter king. We need to have a good, a good title for you to be the official... POS Chinese. It's actually game. funny. So one of the scooter clubs in Ogden is two bit scooter club. Uh, They're way legit. Yeah. Every, every rig in that club is like name brand. You know, okay. It's a so Vespa. let's, let's, let's kick into to them with the ride that I went on. So I finally, when I joined, you create your Facebook club, yeah. right? I joined it for the same reason that Steve enjoyed it. And that was strictly to make fun of you. Yeah. Like, yeah, to, yeah, to, yeah. To say, I think that's where a lot of people, <laughs> I think that so, was, let's face it, that was the grassroots of New Smoke. <laughs> let's face it. <laughs> was to tell Dusty that he was dumb and make fun of yeah. it. Yeah. Right? And I think the first couple of posts were that. But you didn't give up because you never do. Because, like, you've lived your life with like, us, like, making fun of you in one way or oh, another. Oh, yeah. That's, and that you, is my life. <laughs> like, that's. And you take it in stride and you and you do it anyway. Right? Yeah. I don't know what I, I would kept... do if you didn't make fun of me. I'm <laughs> not sure awkward. how I'd handle that situation. Like, Steve was nice to me once. And it was like the. I, like, felt bad about it. Because I was like, what did I do? What did I do to him? <laughs> He's getting old and calming down. Again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, and so that's why I started. And then I saw you guys just, you kept doing stuff and you kept doing stuff. And I'm like, all right, I'm not willing to buy one. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm not, not going to spend I'm, 50 bucks. I'm not going to spend 50 bucks. <laughs> and then like my wife's boss or someone she worked with was like, 
she's like, hey, my boss has the scooter he wants to get rid of. I think it was 50 bucks. Yeah. And she's like, "Do you, it doesn't run. Do you want it? You can go ride with Dusty. And I was like, and I kind of drug my feet. It was like legit for like an hour. I was like, fine. All right, let's do it. I'll, it was 50 bucks, whatever. Like text him and tell you, I'll do it. And she takes back like, oh, it's already gone. And yeah. Like, it's probably freaking Dusty. The it probably it. was. <laughs> it probably, let me tell you. There's not a $50 scooter that lands on KSL without getting a text from me. And 75% of the time, like, I leave work to go pick him up, you know? Like, I'm on the short list with my boss because because of the scooter club, you know? Like, is it worth it? Probably not. Probably not. But it's it's joyous and fun. Yeah. So, so I finally started warming up to the idea, right? And then you had posted something about, or you, you had texted... And so we're going on this ride and you put me in the group with all these other people that actually have scooters. And I was like, I'll go, but you have to supply the scooter. (laughs) And you're like, I can do that. And then there was like some banter in the thing of like, wait, are your scooters actually registered? Do you actually have enough running scooters to provide? Because it's me and Travis and you and me. Travis, does he have one? He didn't at the time, did he? He he did, but it wasn't running, running, which is standard. (laughs) Which is standard procedure. So there was like kind of this banter, like, are you going to have enough running scooters at the time to do this? It was like, yep. And so I committed to doing it, right? And I show up and you're like, just so you know, we're going on the ride with with this two-bit scooter club out of Ogden. And they're legit. They are legit. They're like, there's not going to be, you know, and I show up to your house and all the scooters are missing pieces. Yeah. They all run. Barely. Was any of them registered at the time? No. No, and they still are not. Actually, I did register the Stella. Probably the first time I've ever registered a scooter. In pieces, wiring, like, just cheap, dirty Chinese scooters. Yeah. Did Tyson... No, that was a different time. I remember another time where I was standing in your front yard, and your brother, who is a gorilla of a man, came flying down the hill on the brakes, through the stop sign, into the front yard, and like... Mitch on the back. (laughs) Mitch was doubling up with him. Ty's 300 pounds. <laughs> Couldn't stop and just like blasted the front yard and like bailed and like, hey, everybody. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. And I think that was one of the turning points for me where like Ty, seeing Tyson have fun on stuff is a really good way to convince people to do stupid things. Oh, yeah. The right? shenanigans <laughs> like, has... are like multiplied by 10 when Tyson's doing it. Like, I don't know what it is about him, but he is like the epitome of like ridiculous fun yes you know yes and he's all in just like you like when you're gonna do something you're gonna go have a good time so you warned me you said just so you know when we show up we'll be the only chinese scooters there yeah and they're all gonna be legit and and you know and i'm like all right let's do this thing and we get on them and we start going and the first thing that happens as soon as we get to like we went and got food or something and I look over, and Travis is on the sidewalk, passing us, and then goes like up a grass hill, yeah. and then you follow him, and I'm on the road. Yeah, like, in people's thinking, neighborhood, thinking in people's I, yards, thinking I have to like obey traffic laws. Yeah. Meanwhile, you guys are like ramping off stuff and jumping stuff, and I'm like, what the crap? We were, we were obeying scooter law, <laughs> which is basically the opposite of normal law. Yeah. And so we show up to the meet like a half hour late. And they're all sitting there waiting for us for some reason. I don't know why they hadn't left us. Oh, because the one wouldn't start. That's probably the only reason yeah, they hadn't left us. Yeah, the one guy was having a hard time. <laughs> but it was. They were all, like, legit. They were all suited up. There was, like, couples with matching helmets. There was that one really cool Honda Ruckus. Yeah. That was, like, slammed and, like, had LED lights on it. And I was like, 
wow. And <laughs> they're all like parked in. I'm not making fun of them, but it was funny to see as a person that doesn't respect scooters. I respect them more, but they were like all backed in and like lined up. And then we come flying in, and Travis is like doing wheelies through the parking lot. Oh yeah, and stoppies. We're losing plastic. Like <laughs> it's not. Oh, the scooter that I was on was just pissing oil. Like <laughs> I forgot about like, that. There was it no really was. And like I kept like slowly like moving along so like the puddle wouldn't get too big. <laughs> That's true. I forgot about oh, that. Oh yeah, we were lo- and I full throttle and like just losing oil. As we went. That's true. And they only take like a quart, so you don't have long before. But I was pretty confident we were going to make the whole trip. Yeah. And that, and I, so I kept asking, like, is this thing going to make it? And you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's good. We're golden. And I'm like, all right, dude. And I think, so there's this, there's this concept of like, it's more fun to drive a crappy car at full speed than to drive a hypercar, supercar at average speed. Totally. Right? And I think that's the mentality like you've had V8, you've had muscle cars, you've had cars with horsepower, you've had the motorcycle realm, which is like, it takes makes cars look silly, right? Like the twist of a throttle, you'll outrun the majority of cars with a standard motorcycle, like yeah. nothing special, right? And in the dirt bike world, the 450s and 500 two strokes, like they're so insane, but you can kind of go out and do them. But just, I think the funnest part for me on the scooter is we were full throttle 100% of the time. As soon as it was go, we were full throttle. 35 and miles we were 35 an hour. miles an hour, right? <laughs> the speedometer says you're doing 60. Oh, yeah. But you're only yeah. doing 35. Yeah. yeah. And and just, the, you know, we were racing every chance we had. And there were these poor people there on their nice scooters trying to have a nice time. Yeah. And we were passing them. They and... were being very respectful. <laughs> we were not. But you're right. They None of them ever got mad at us. Like, maybe internally. But most of them were laughing half the time. Because you and Travis were just, I mean, Travis was driving in the dirt, like off the shoulder of the road, passing people. And they would look at me. It was like sitting behind. I'm like, uh, I don't know where I fit in here because I'm on like this crappy looking scooter that's puking oil. So nobody wants to be behind me. So I'm staying in the back and like, I'm not going to pass you. They're like waiting for me to do something stupid. I'm like, I don't even know what to do in this situation. And so we go out uh, to Antelope Island, yeah. right, in Utah. It's got a man-made causeway that is just flat and straight forever. And it t- it takes you, what, 10 minutes to get across it? Doing 65 miles an hour. Full throttle yeah. the whole time. And that's and that was, like, the joy of, like, we'd catch up to one another. We'd both just pin it, and, like, nothing would really happen. But you're, like, deadlocked in this race to, like, who's going to win? And it was just, you're slowly passing each other. And then for, like, some reason... I'd get like a couple links on you and I'd still be pinned. And for some reason, all of a sudden you'd pass me. Like, <laughs> what's it? Nothing, nothing happened. Like, how, yeah, did that, yeah. how did that affect anything? I had some tricks up my sleeve. <laughs> Were you pushing? Or... <laughs> was, yeah, running my as Fred Flintstone in it. <laughs> we had your wife with you. She'd just get off and like push behind That's it. That's true. I was actually double man. You were doubled on the big one. Yeah. I was on the smallest one we had. That's true. <laughs> but you're not a small guy. No, no, I'm not. And I was on the smallest scooter. Yeah. But I was giving her all she had. I'm and pretty it was... sure it was dragging ass the whole way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I couldn't. That's right. I couldn't turn to the one side because the frame would hit. So, <laughs> so all my turns had to be like very intentional because if I turned too hard, the frame would dig into the ground and shoot me back the other way. Oh, that's so cool. And then if I got ever got next to Travis, he would kick me and try to like knock me off yeah. the road. Yeah. And so we went out to Antelope Island. We had a good time. We went up. We saw the sights. 
We were on our way to go see another site, and all of a sudden, my scooter decides it doesn't want to run, and it dies. Yeah. And I was at the back of the pack, and there's, like, this legit guy in front of me, kind of, like, looking back, and Travis had just kicked me. And, <laughs> <laughs> and so I die, and I pull the side of the road, and everybody kind of disappears. And the one guy comes back, and I'm like, I don't want to talk to anybody, like, that is legit, legit about this, right? Like, he's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, well, um, what's wrong is that I'm out of gas. He's like, what do you mean you're out of gas? I'm like, I'm pretty sure that I'm out of gas. Yeah. And he's like, well, that's not good. You're bringing any gas with you. And I'm like, no, my good friend, Dusty, like he told me this would be okay. Yeah, it'd make it. We'd be fine. Yeah. We're going to be good, Kevin. Go on the ride with us. Right. And then Travis comes back because he thinks that when he kicked me that like he actually knocked me out the road and I finally crashed. <laughs> so the rest of scooter club goes on. You come back and you're like, oh, I guess I'll go get some gas. So you and Heather run back to get gas. Me and Travis sat with some buffalo bison on Antelope Island for yeah. like a half hour. And you Waiting. come back with a gas can and... You fill up Travis first for some reason, who wasn't out of gas. <laughs> well, just in case. Just in case. Oh, and the guy that was, he was, the same guy came back, was so helpful, wanted to help me. He started hooking bungee cords to the shocks to the back of his and was going to tow me back into town. I was like, I don't, this is not a good idea. <laughs> I am a big fat guy. 10 pound, like, tension. Yeah, like your standard bungee cord. Yeah. I'm like, and he's like tying them in knots and like bending the hooks over so they won't come off. And I'm like, this is not going to turn out well. Yeah. And uh, so I'm like, okay, whatever. And luckily you come up the hill and we start filling mine. And lo and behold, we all find out at the same time, it's got a half gallon tank. Yeah. And there was no way that ride was ever going to make no, it. No, <laughs> no, no, not a chance. No, but it was a good learning experience. Yes, it was. It was. And it was fun. Like it's more fun than I would ever admit to most people that I had on a scooter and I think it's the same thing, right? It's like, you don't really care about it because it's even a nice one, right? Like you can have fun on it and you're full speed all the time. And that's, there's something so much more exciting about being full speed on a piece of crap than like, ride, you know, riding like this race car down the road, but you have to do 25 miles an hour or you're going to hurt yourself or kill someone. No doubt, dude. You know, a lot of my friends have really nice, fancy, cool, expensive cars, you know, and you hear people say all the time, man, wouldn't it be cool? Like you see a Lamborghini going down the street and it's like, whoa, that would be so cool to have that and whatever. But, you know, I'll never be able to afford anything like that. Yeah. The way I keep up is, you know, I build garbage <laughs> that is just Dude, it's but so much fun. They all, all those scooters at full throttle made the whole trip as long as they yeah. had gas in them. Yeah. Leaking oil. Yeah. And we had a fun, and nobody, what my point is, nobody out there has an excuse to say like, I can't have fun because I can't afford it. Yeah. Because, um. You might have to be talked into having fun because you it do. doesn't seem you do. You do. <laughs> you do. You do. At risk of a little humiliation. <laughs> so that, I mean, that is. News mock, new smoke. New, See, you, I, can, you can say either one, but new it's smoke. officially new smoke. New smoke. It's it's fun on scooters, and if you haven't tried a scooter, give it a chance. I mean, borrow one from somebody for a hundred bucks. How can you go wrong? Get some buddies. Everybody going together so that nobody's the odd man out, right? Everybody go get a hundred dollar scooter. Yep, and go have a good time. So you you've 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 got. I mean, you've you have a good rounded everything that you've owned and driven and experienced yeah which is pretty awesome and you want to do more and i think the benefit like so me i have the pro project car that's just an eyesore and but it's really big 
you have 15 scooters where like I have a probe, right? That's true. I've got, I've always wanted to have a slam vehicle. So I have my Volkswagen type three. Oh yeah. 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 That I bought for a hundred bucks. Yeah. Which I'm on the same thing as a scooter, except your scooter takes up, you know, three square feet. And I right. have this car that yeah. I've got to find somewhere to put. <laughs> and then I've got the scout that like is never done. And I've got to find somewhere to put. And luckily Joe assumed all the other vehicles that we, because his dad is a filth. So we just shoved things in there. Yeah. Right. So it's just the scooter thing. They're cheap and they're small, which totally. is something I need to learn is cheap and small. Yeah. Because I have cheap, big things. I think that's why I really like thrive on motorcycles and scooters and things like that is because, well, for one, um, I don't have like covered working space, but I do have a shed out in my backyard, which isn't very big, but it's big enough that it can, I can wheel a scooter into it. Yeah. And so, you know, in the middle of winter, I'll throw the heater in there and drag a scooter in or something like that. And I can work on it, you know, but like, that's one of the things that I find really difficult with my Camino that I'm still trying to button up is like, I don't want to go out and work in the rain and, or I tear it apart and I have to put it back together when I'm done because you can't leave it I can't open. leave it. Right. Yeah. Exactly. You know, and that's like a real challenge. And I think that's why I really thrive with little motorcycles. Well, and it's, like it's that. fun to have something like that. Cause it's a lot easier to spend. I mean, you buy the scooter for cheap, everything for them is fairly cheap. Way cheap. Cause you, you don't ride stock scooters either. You've always, there's the ATC. So uh, ATC, what are they originally? 70s? Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're three-wheelers made for children. Correct. And they have 70cc motors in them. And yeah. you guys take them and put 125s? So typically, the one... I, I do 125s because they're cheap, but yeah. my like my brother did a 190 in his, <laughs> which is rowdy. And then you throw a cam in it, and all of a sudden, they're only, it's out of control. How long are they from front to back? 36 inches tops. <laughs> they're like, tiny. They're not that I've big. never, and I've never ridden one, so maybe that's my problem. Yeah. But I've like. You need to. I used to get sweet. so pissed off at the sand dunes. So it'd be like, hey, everybody, we've all got our 450s. We've all got these big, sweet yeah. dirt bikes. <laughs> And you guys have all brought these stupid ATCs. And I'm like, hey, let's go hit the dunes. You're like, okay, I gear up. I get on my dirt bike. I look over and every one of you idiots are on the ATCs. <laughs> and I'm the only one on a dirt bike. And I'm like, are you yeah. kidding me? Yeah. But in all fairness, your guys' skill level on an ATC is probably similar to mine on a dirt bike. So it wasn't like I was waiting for you or leaving you. I was like, yeah. we were all together. Like, because damn, didn't Kevin come or what? <laughs> Where is he? Because you guys are all doing 50 miles an hour on these three-wheelers with no suspension. They're tiny. And... Yeah. And my, my youngest brother, Cody, he's, like, by far the most fearless out of all of us. <laughs> Always has been, you know. And me, having older brother mentality, you know, I can't, I can't let him beat me. But I'm starting <laughs> to face the music as we get a little older. Like, he can definitely outride me. Um, but I distinctly remember being at the dunes. And How was that, that we came on, he found this like jump and we're on the <laughs> ATCs and I like hit it one time and like, I, I'm pretty sure I fractured my spine. Yeah, because you're just... Like, it was miserable. The tires aren't even big enough to take like a landing. Like they're... Yeah. I like hucked it like five feet. So Cody, he's like, oh, I can beat that. Like full speed off the end of this... I'm not kidding. He hucked the ATC like 15 feet. That's like jumping a bus like a mile. Like it was, it was so. I couldn't even believe what I had just seen. It was so ridiculous. It was way cool. So I mean, and even the scooters. You've you've done stuff to the scooters, right? Like 
We've done off road scoots and yeah, we do cam. Um, we've done cams. <laughs> My brother usually bores them out to a 180. <laughs> And then I always do an aftermarket carb. We'll get like, yeah. uh, um, oh my gosh, why is it not coming to my mind? But Yamaha, they're Makuni. You know, Yamaha does a Makuni carb, really high performance carb. We always throw those on. <laughs> and they make a big difference. Like there's a lot of scooter mods that don't do anything. Yeah. But those, a few some of those things will go. make a difference. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, that's, I mean, like I said, it's, it's, it's a thing that's cheap and fun. And like, I never realized how much fun I'd have till I went on it. And luckily, like, winter wasn't far behind that, so I didn't have to make any more decisions about yeah. <laughs> whether or not I accept that fate. We'll see. But it is. Like, it's appealing to be like, I could buy something for cheap, and then I could shove it in my garage or my shed out back, yeah. and no one will ever know. And Yeah, and when it quits running, you just lift it into the dumpster, and you're good to go. You know, that's the end of it. You don't have to do anything. That's, it's, Steven keeps reminding me that I have a scout that needs to be finished. And you guys keep wanting to ride AT ATCs on big long rides in the mountains and I yeah, have a, yeah. a, a Yamaha Big Wheel 200 that is again would probably haul me as well as an ATC hauls you and I decided that's what I'm going to ride on yeah. when you guys ride ATCs <laughs> but I've got to work on that too so anyway that's that's the the basics of Dusty yeah that's that's the life of Dusty and many projects from big to small from elaborate to basic, get it running and yeah. go thrash things on it. And and now you have a new project. You want to tell us about the the dreams and aspirations? Yeah. So, you know, um, like you and I have talked a lot about this recently and I've talked to some of my other friends and it's basically, you know, we're, we've, we've talked a lot about kind of creating like a YouTube channel to document a lot of these little adventures we do. Like taking a trip from someone Utah. needs to record you guys on like just most of your life oh yeah yeah that's it, true that in itself is worth i'm telling you <laughs> like living with Corey ballard for one is an experience like when the osbournes came out like years ago i was like that's nothing like get somebody in here with a camera recording like my dad just like doing life you know just like everything my dad does yeah he, he is a cool like he is the coolest individual <laughs> that probably ever existed, you know? Um, but, you know, as I think about it, you know, I always tell people all the time, like, you don't have to have a lot of money to do cool stuff. You really don't. And, um, like, in my opinion, there is no excuse for a human being to not have a vehicle that runs because scooter-wise, you right. can pick them up for 100 bucks every single day, you know? Yeah. It's always a thing. And so... Um, you know, and we're always building these little projects like the ATCs and whatever. And um, I'm even currently building a new one um, to to kind of be a part of kicking off this project. But um, we've talked a lot about doing a YouTube channel called Bungle Juggies, <laughs> which is which is, name. <laughs> which is which initially was supposed to be Jungle Buggies, but um, as you can imagine, with some liquid encouragement. Uh, the name got mixed up somehow and then it, and then it became a thing. But, um, so, um, you know, here this, maybe this spring or summer, um, hopefully not later than, than this summer, we're going to launch a few videos, um, for bungle juggies and then hopefully, you know, keep a reg like creating regular videos. And the whole premise of the, the show is that, you know, you can take a few hundred bucks and make something really cool and have a sweet adventure on it. You know, and um, as you know, I've been talking for a long time 
about riding the ATCs from Ogden, Utah to Bear Lake, yeah. which is on the Utah-Idaho border. It's about nine, it's about 90 miles through the woods. I was going to say, in a car, that's like a three-hour drive, I think, if I... Yeah, it's probably like two and a half. I mean, because you kind of have to go up and yeah, down. Yeah, it probably stuff, is three. Right? So yeah, it's quite a ways. hours. Yeah, it's about right. Yeah. And, um, but through the rugged forest on <laughs> a little vehicle with, you know, eight inch wheels and no suspension, you know, that's quite a feat, but you know, like do it over three days and then probably have like a support four wheeler yeah, or that's, something. That's the big wheel. Yeah. The big wheel that's can, exactly that's, right. That's, yeah. Haul gas. Yeah. And have somebody come follow us yeah. to, for support. And then, you know, probably keep some cell phones handy as well, <laughs> just in case. But you're um, not far behind in the truck. Yeah. To... <laughs> yeah. We're, it's probably ne- necessary. But, you know, it doesn't it doesn't have to stop there. You know, the ATCs is like one thing that we want to do right now. I'm um, as I kind of alluded to, I'm building a power wheeler, which is basically a Mercedes Benz power wheels that a child would drive <laughs> um, attached to a 125 cc four wheeler. And then we're um, putting a cam and exhaust and stuff on it to give it a little more grunt. And the idea is that, you know, we can do like an overland adventure or something like that. Over the course of, it doesn't even have to be multiple days. It could be a one-day trip, or it could be a two or three night, like, just little trip. And we're going to record them and, you know, throw them on YouTube. And just show everybody that, like, my power wheeler is almost done. I literally decided I was going to do it a week ago. And all said and done, the whole project, with a brand new motor, with uh, completely hopped up, I'm in the whole thing $350. (laughs) Now that is pretty cool. Yeah, and uh, you can't get cheaper than that. You know, no, like I mean, there are basics that you have to spend money on. But when you're buying small things like that, like and you're getting them for cheap, and we talked about. So you showed me this project that you're building, and I was like, I walked down to my garage. I was like, Oh look, I have a little four wheeler. And I walked out in my backyard. Oh yeah, there's that little uh, Power Wheels Hummer that has been sitting in my backyard for years. Yeah. Like I have I actually thought it was just a bag of leaves. I didn't know it was a <laughs> I didn't know it was a power it, wheel. It might as well be. A bag of leaves would probably serve more I of mean, a purpose. There's leaves there. I can tell, I can say that much. <laughs> there are leaves in it. And it's black. And the children do the same thing with it that they would with a bag of leaves. Like ignore it and sometimes sit on it. Like that's the extent. But like you're saying, like these are things that I've I mean, I got the power wheel for free. Yep. Years ago, I got the four wheeler for free because some guy was going to throw it away because it didn't run last year. And I, like you said, put a new carb on it, cleaned yeah. it out. And like my kids rode around the yard last year. Right. But so I buy a big motor, a bigger motor. And so it can actually haul me. We fit the yep. Hummer body to it yep. and like let the madness ensue. Right. Exactly. So I paid $350. Let me just say this. I paid a premium so that I could get it done this week. You know, I paid $30 for the Mercedes, which was, I stood tall on it. You can get power wheels for free all the time. I gave away, I had a four-wheeler one that like, when we were moving, I was like, get this out. And I put it up and I had like 25 people contact me in like 10 minutes. It's like, it's broken. Like, what do you people want? (laughs) Any given Saturday, if you can somehow get yourself out of bed before like 930 and go to any yard sale anywhere in the world, there's a Power Wheels there. And it's probably almost free, you know, like five bucks tops. Yeah, I paid thirty bucks for the Mercedes. But it's a Mercedes. I it's mean, tr- it's, it's premium. It's classy. It is classy, and everyone knows that's the only way I roll. <laughs> and then um, the little four wheeler, I bought it for sixty bucks. 
Um, it doesn't run, but it's missing the carb. So I guarantee if I throw the carb on it, it would run. But I didn't want to mess with the motor that's it. I don't even know what CC it is. So I just went and bought a brand spanking new motor off eBay, 250 bucks, shipped to my door. You can't go cheaper than that. <laughs> and I'm going to sell the motor that's in it probably for 250 bucks. So I'm going to be in it nothing. So, yeah. you know, all said and done, I like hopefully I'm in this thing less than 100 bucks. But I'm not special. Anybody can do this, right. you know. Anybody like it's, if it's, you have an idea, you, you can you do guys, it. You you have like a bravery and the confidence to do it, right? But like when you actually get down to doing it, that's, I lack a lot of confidence when I go to do stuff and I like, like talk myself out of working on stuff and I'm like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. I get frustrated. But like just the confidence to like actually just go out and try it. And the, again, when you're dealing with things that cost nothing and like, what the crap, why not? Like, let's give it a shot. Yeah. You know, and you've done that enough that like you're efficient at it now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm starting to get it figured out. Like, oh, yeah. I can overhaul a Chinese scooter in like 45 minutes now, (laughs) you know, like it's nothing. Yeah. But, you know, there was not, it was not always that way. But the reason I know about Chinese scooters, nobody taught me. I just decided I was going to jump in and do it. Right. You know, and anybody can do that. And I've never in my entire life lost money on a Chinese scooter. (laughs) That has never happened one time. And if you look at all the money I've made, the hobby's paid itself off many times over. It's a totally free hobby. You know, but, but, you know, I think a lot of people get a misconception of like, man, I would like to have a cool thing, but it's so much money. I can never do it. Like I want a cool ATV and go have all this fun on it, but I'll never be able to afford it. It does not have to be that way. You know, like if you're a little bit, well, and even like you working your way up to the Stella, right? Like you didn't just go out and get the nice one. That's true. The higher end one, you worked your way up. I mean, that's just, that's true. And the Stella, um, I probably paid it off several times over, you know, flipping Chinese scooters. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you know, anybody can do it. And like you say, it's just having a little bit of bravery to say, what the heck? I'm going to take a gamble for a couple hundred bucks and, and go out and try something um, that's maybe a little different or that I'm a little unfamiliar with, you know? Yeah. Like a couple hundred bucks is nothing, you know? Like, we've all lost a couple hundred bucks somehow in our life. Yeah. <laughs> all of us, you know. And, and to have fun, I think, like, and I always I always preach this in all, all my podcasts, but, like, find somebody to do it with. Because that's my biggest yeah. thing, right? Like, I hate doing stuff by myself, and I am so inefficient and ineffective when I try to do things by myself. Yeah. So finding a couple buddies that, like, you can talk into doing something stupid and, like, pool a couple hundred bucks together and just go have a good time. Yeah. It's just... And that's bungle juggies, right? That's, that is bungle be... juggies to a T. In fact, the peer pressure is the key, one of the key points of bungle juggies, you know? And like, you can guarantee when you and your brothers get together, like, they are not going to be all tires on the ground oh, yeah. at, all the time. And there will probably be people getting hurt. Yeah, hopefully to a minimum, but it's possible. Well, if you're only, I mean, if you're, you're low speed, Let's low to the ground. Let's just say there's a potential. <laughs> It, could it should be entertaining regardless. It could happen. The show, the show should be entertaining. And, um, you know, the like aside from just the entertainment of the adventure, the other point is driving home exactly what I'm saying, that to show people that you can do this. You know, you can, like, go out and have a good time, and it does not have to be expensive. And, you know, like, when I'm all said and done with this little power wheeler, I can throw it on KSL and sell it. Uh, if you don't know what KSL is, it's like classifieds. It's our but, local classifieds, right? But, um, you know, I can throw it on KSL and oh, I'll triple my money on it. And all that does 
is buys me another silly <laughs> project to do that. Like, Which is something you can't say with classic cars. No. Because no. if you, especially these day and age, if you buy a classic car, you will be upside down in it before you even do anything. Yeah. And you're going to lose your butt. Yeah. Like the end. The second you call and inquire about it, you've lost your money already. My, I, my father-in-law tried to have me help him talk my mother-in-law into letting him buy an old Bel Air and fix it up because it would be a good investment. And I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> You're going to spend half a million on it and it's going to be worth yeah, 50000 I'm not going to vouch for you. No, on and I'm like, one. do not drag me into that. That's not going to be a thing. But when you're playing the low low dollar game, right, and like you're never going to make a ton of money off it, but like you're going to make money, which is something that, you know, it's free entertainment. It's free. At the end of the day, it's hanging out with your buddies, doing something crazy, having a cool story. And it didn't cost you anything, you know, like that is bungle juggies to like to to sum it up in a definition. That's it. That's beautiful. Well, thanks, Dusty, for joining me on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm and, sorry that uh, we went a quarter after an hour. It's fine. It's fine. If, if you've stuck around the end, thank you. And and look out for Bungle Juggies because it's going to be worth it. And we'll probably do more podcasts with Dusty in the future. And hopefully I'll be on Bungle Juggies occasionally and try not <laughs> to hurt myself. And we'll all have a great time. Yeah, cool. Thanks, Kev. Right, I appreciate thanks, it. Kevin.